The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see. Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We are doing a pre-recorded show this weekend, and uh, with me today is Joss Zamzo of the Zamzo family. How's it going, Joss? I'm fantastic this morning, Nolan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so we are doing a pre-recorded show today. We're going to talk about a subject that I think, uh, Joss, and you, you, you and I have talked about this a lot. We've been, we've been kind of coming back and forth about uh, just how important watering is. And I think just as a general like idea in the company, I think we're starting to believe more and more that this is kind of the, the route to a lot of the problems we start to see. It's a, it's a huge issue, and it's becoming worse and worse every single year. Yeah. One of the things that's unique about our area, not to the entire country, but, but there aren't a lot of places like this where uh, Boise, this valley, really is in kind of a desert. Yeah, right. And, uh, but at the same time, we have plenty of water. Uh, so yeah. we have these reservoirs that have a ton of water. So other places like Las Vegas, where it's a really hot desert, they don't have any water. So they minimize lawns and things like right. that. Or in the Midwest, where they have big lawns, nobody uses sprinkler systems because it just rains yeah. regularly. So so here, we're in the desert, and, and we still have plenty of water. And so we, we it's kind of confusing. Watering yeah. the lawn is not as simple as it, as it sounds. Absolutely. I, you know, I always think back to when you know I grew up in Portland, and it was the same you know that's a cool season area but they treat it more like a southern lawn because they don't water a lot of right. times in the summer i remember growing up and our lawn was brown during the summer right and then and you can go to a lot of places in portland during the summer months and see a lot of dead barren lawns right, right. because they just treat it differently so it's it's interesting you know it was interesting then to come here and just see how differently people treat the lawn and and how how just how it's done and it's it's fascinating stuff i think you're right we have such a uh, an interesting kind of it's it's just so much it's so di different than any other place right. in the country because you're right we have a lot of water but we're in a place that is still desert right it's hard to kind of wrap your head around that so i wanted to kind of talk about uh like some of the things you've noticed you've been with the company obviously longer than right, i have right. i mean what are some of the things you've noticed over the years uh you know doing this uh that have have changed and kind of contributed to that well i i think 
you know, without skipping over some of the issues that are created, right. you know, what what we're seeing as a result of people watering, you know, incorrectly is a huge increase in these lawn diseases. I'm talking about fungus primarily, mm. fungus problems that attack lawns, and they have to be treated chemically, but they are really self-imposed problems. Yeah. So we're creating these things. And, and um, when I first started at Zamzo's, um, and and it feels like a really long time ago, uh, uh, but but in 1996, uh, and I was trained uh, in the the chemical department. We right. called it at that point. Uh, there were two bags of lawn disease control, lawn fungicide products, and they sat on the very bottom shelf. And we never sold them. I yeah. mean, it was one of those things where periodically we'd have to go put new price stickers on because it would fade <laughs> out. They faded, yeah. Because we just didn't <laughs> uh, have a lot of lawn disease issues. And and the reality was at that point, and it was changing, and it started to change at that point. But people really uh, uh, were still irrigating, right? Um, and and so you would literally have water in a ditch. And um, and each family would have their day mm, right. uh, on the ditch, and so if you had water on Tuesdays, uh, you would literally put a dam in the in the irrigation ditch. Your lawn was kind of built like a bowl, and you would flood your lawn. Yeah. And I remember as a kid running through the irrigation water ankle deep on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, and you know, and then when the water was gone, there was no more water. For the entire rest of the week, even if you wanted it, you couldn't have it because the Falkowski family had it down the road or the Smiths had it on, on Wednesday. Right. It wasn't available, even if it was hot. Yeah. So the, we watered really deep and long, and then the ground was allowed to completely dry. Right. Now, the people that didn't have flood irrigating, most of those people were moving hoses. And one of the things that's true for those of you that are moving hoses or have moved hoses uh, is that you never overwater when you're dragging hoses. It's, right. it's just too much work yeah. uh, to overwater when you're dragging hoses. So you water when the grass was thirsty, and then you put the hose away, yeah. and then the ground was allowed to dry in between. And that kind of a dry, hot environment here where we have almost no humidity in Idaho, it makes it very difficult for a fungus to get established in yeah. a lawn. Yeah, that's fat. It's, it's interesting just to hear that history. Like, I live in an older part of Nampa, where like you you could still see the the lawns or a lot of the lawns especially in my neighborhood but in a lot of the neighborhoods around us are set up just like that you yeah. know and I, I always thought that was really interesting because I've still got the uh, the flood irrigation mm -hmm. uh, port on, in my front and back lawns and right. I'll actually kick it on sometimes in the middle of summer just because it's kind of fun to walk it's around absolutely. in the lawn when it's fl flooded but you know I also like to do that there's a lot of other reasons for uh, flooding as well, I think, but uh, we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. So, um, so that's those are the things that have changed over the the years, and uh, you know, I, I can remember being uh, early on at Zamzos, and the first time I ever heard the word Ask a Cheetah, mm. and I think we're going to get into that. We'll probably get into that a little bit later, but yeah. um, I've noticed, like you, like it, since I've been with the company now for sixteen years, and it's probably been the last ten. It's been one that you know it, it consistently consistently keeps cropping up and becoming a bigger issue here and there, and, and you start to notice. And what's weird is there's almost like a groupthink around it. You know, it ha you see it once, and then all of a sudden you see it in lots of different places. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about uh, some lawn stuff. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host Nolan Guthrie. We're here with Josh Zamzo. This is a pre-recorded show, and I uh, just want to let everybody know we're not taking calls today. 
and uh, we're talking about watering, which I think is. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd be talking if it would be too much of a stretch to say I think watering is probably one of the most important things to 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 get right or or at least to start getting better at over the next few years. It's just it's something I think we have to know how to do right, and and we see a lot of watering problems across the valley and really probably across the world really i'm sure there's a lot of people that if you're irrigating they're probably not doing it right right so uh it's 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 very very important so we're going to talk about a handful of those different things and kind of like how how to get better at it i know we've got some things in the work at zamzos as far as like uh we've been talking about uh the water audit kit we've been working Mm -hmm. on getting that put together and 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 just kind of trying to get the message out there as to what it takes to get the 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 lawn and the even your garden all those things fertilized prop or watered properly so i think the 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 key thing is if you're listening to this show right now and your sprinkler system comes on every single day <laughs> stay tuned yeah absolutely. let us help you get that right because uh that's absolutely going to create if it hasn't already it will create problems for you and it and you know too much water is a real big problem especially where you have pressurized irrigation like in Nampa like we have uh, where the water you pay your irrigation tax it's virtually free so if you're watering every single day Stay tuned because we're going to help you not only save you a lot of time, but we're going to save you a lot of money and and unnecessary uh, chemicals put down on your yard. Right, and that's I think that's you know that's really what it comes down to is we watering is always the first thing I ask. The first thing you want to get right is the water. Once you've got that correct, a lot of other issues go away. In in that and proper fertilization, you can take care of what, like almost 80% of the problems that you could have in a lawn if you get those two things great. So we're going to deep dive, as you will, into watering watering your lawn. We'll probably get into some other things here in just a moment. We're going to come right back here on another segment of the Zamzos Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzos Garden Show We'll be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and due to the drought and current water shortage, pressurized irrigation will be turned off much earlier than normal this year. At Zamzo's, we know when that happens, everyone affected is going to need hoses and sprinklers to keep their lawn from dying. The problem is, if you wait until the water goes off, there won't be enough hoses and sprinklers to go around. That's why Zamzo's has doubled our inventory of hoses and sprinklers, and even hose repair kits to keep the water flowing to your thirsty lawn. In fact, we purchased almost every available hose and sprinkler in the Pacific Northwest, and they're arriving now as we speak at all 13 Zamzos. But a word to the wise, don't wait until the water gets shut off. Have a working hose and sprinkler on hand as a backup just in case. The summer of 2021 has been full of surprises. Why not get ahead of the game and be ready for whatever happens with a new hose and sprinkler from Zamzos? 13 stores to serve you, including CUNA on Main Street across from the park. Nobody knows like Zamzos. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670 KBOI. All right, and we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. We are doing a pre-recorded show today, so we are not taking callers, but we have some great content uh, ready for you. I'm joined today by Joss Zamzo, and we are talking about... What are we talking about? We're here? talking about how you can water better and save the world. Saving the world by <laughs> watering. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I feel like anymore as we kind of get into things, like I, I, I feel like that's true more and more. Like 
water is so important and we got to and uh, as we talked about in the previous segment Idaho has a lot of water and we got to we got to protect that you know we've got to make sure we have that resource uh, for lots of stuff so we're going to get into in this segment we're going to talk about uh, some of the signs some of the symptoms some of the things that you might notice in your lawn in your garden and uh, how to figure out whether or not it's water right because there's a lot of underlying things like almost literally underlying things it really is uh, it comes down to the soil and kind of what's underneath there and and Joss I was wondering if you could just touch on really quickly like what is it about uh, Idaho soils that is different that pertains to watering and how we want to think about that well i think uh for in general terms and and uh we'll i'll give you the the one exception in a minute but in general terms we have high desert alkaline clay soils yeah. that we were all uh, for the most part formerly lake bonneville uh, uh, you know we were all under water and this is an ancient lake uh, a lake bed but but the ground itself is is a clay and it doesn't drain very well right. and um and i and i say the one exception because anyone that lives down next to the river you know star middleton uh through eagle on eagle island and 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 a few other spots yeah uh, they've got real extreme sandy soil right. so if you, if you you know if you're not uh if you're in that kind of a situation we're talking slightly different scenario for you but for the most part this heavy clay soil uh it it does not drain particularly well but on the bright side it does hold water deep very very well yeah so if you water deeper that water will stay a lot longer than it would if we had really sandy soil right. so there are some disadvantages to it but there are some advantages when we start trying to uh, raise lawns that don't get fungi fungus we're going to utilize that clay's water holding capacity uh, so that we can dry out the surface of the ground. We'll talk about that in segment three. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get to, uh, you know, yeah, that's I, the the soil diversity in Idaho is is very interesting. And, and, and people who live in certain areas know <laughs> what and it like right. in and, and from the store perspective, I've worked at, you know, a handful of different stores over the years. And uh, I every time I went to the store, that was the first thing I would ask customers is what's the soil like here? What do you guys see? What do you guys have? Can I see some of it? You know, I'd go dig up a hole in the outside just because I wanted to know right. what the soil for that area was like, because it has a lot, lot to do with so many different things and how the water reacts to it. So we want to talk uh, a little bit more in this segment about some of the things you might see out on the uh, out on the lawn, particularly right now, uh, that would kind of clue you into a watering issue. So, uh, Joss, what is what is the first thing like when you 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 go to a lawn call or you go somewhere? What are what are some of the things that you look at, and what are the thing what are those signs, those things that you that kind of raise flags for you about? there's a water problem here well so areas of the lawn uh, where if you had a disease issue or a or a bug issue they always start in areas of stress yeah and and so we we what we try to do is uh the the uh we use the the word lawn l-a-w-n yeah and we're looking at light uh for example if you had shade and the grass was real sparse uh, you know it could be a shade issue a light issue right um air is is the a which could be you know heavy clay being trampled down compaction, by dogs yeah. or or driving or something where the compaction doesn't allow air to get to the roots um the w part is water 
and uh, and the water piece, as we've been talking about in this show, uh, is a real tell for a lot of things because sometimes if we get that wrong, the insect and disease issues start there. And I and I think maybe more than any other, that's a really that's low hanging fruit on a lawn call is what's going on with the water. Yeah, it, like it's oh, it's the first question I ask. If somebody says they have a problem. What are you watering? And 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 so it it's almost every. We were kind of joking. We could say it in unison. What? What? How? How much do you water every day? Yeah, every <laughs> single day. Yeah, it's something that people they they and I think there's there's a handful of reasons for why they get into that. Um, and I think it becomes a pattern. So yeah, stress is a big deal. Like in in water is kind of the first stressor. I think for a lot of but any, uh, issues. Anybody that's listening, the reason why we laugh. Yeah. If you if you didn't catch the joke. If I ask how much are you watering and you say every day, that doesn't answer the question, right? right. Yeah. All that says is the frequency, right. but it doesn't tell me how many hours for each station. Yeah. It doesn't tell me how much water each station puts out. And those are things that are really important to understand to really know if I'm putting the right amount of water down. It's not about the number of days. Yeah. It's about the amount of water actually going out on the ground. Right. So let's talk about the patterns that people see in the lawns. This is one of the things that I see. Like I drive down the street a lot of times and this is, this is just a a weirdness of me, right? My wife always, uh, she'll always mention it. Like, what are you looking at? I was like, well, I just saw this, this thing in the lawn and, and I'll just get engrossed in it. But I see this all the time patterns in a lawn. When I drive down a lawn and I see a big, huge arc, you mm-hmm. know, a big, like there's a big brown spot, a big area that I can tell is stressed, but it's like in a big half moon or, or even a quarter moon uh, sort of pattern in the lawn. And I'm like, that person has a sprinkler issue. Or they had a uh, above ground swimming pool there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's some, yeah. So a pattern is one of those things. Uh, anytime you see a pattern, bugs, diseases, they're not going to move in a pattern. They're right. going to be uh, sporadic. They don't just do one thing in one little circle. I mean, unless you had like a little teeny fence set up where they couldn't get out. But that's ridiculous. So, you know, you're going to see big areas uh, where uh, it's very defined lines, very uh, uh, cut and dry, really. I, I'm almost literally cut and dry. There's right. going to be something that you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a pattern here. That is almost always going to be some sort of uh, – not it's not going to be biological it's going to be a cultural issue right. something's wrong with the, the sprinkler it's not working properly it's not covering properly like you said something could have been sitting on there uh so think about those things as you you know you walk through the lawn and uh to just kind of highlight some of those points i i always like talking to the zamzos uh because they always have good stories so i was wondering if you had uh, a couple of stories about like just things that kind of uh, put that in perspective as you've gone out and looked at lawns over the years. Yeah, one of my favorite ones was uh, Dad and I uh, went to Hawk Stadium, and they had some big dry spots in their in their lawn, and and the the turf manager at the time uh, had experience at Wrigley Field, and uh, and so again Midwest. Uh, and you know a little different situation than we have uh, and and dad uh, said to him you know what's going on here in the center that it looks to me like you're not getting enough water well he said that can't possibly be the case <laughs> there we're, we've got these big guns they they overlap six feet and dad said I know 
but you're still not getting enough water. So then he says, Joss, lay down in that dry spot <laughs> and ask the guy to go turn on the sprinkler. So here I am laying in the middle, and he turns on these big guns, yeah. and they're going over the top of me, and I'm literally bone dry. Right. The mist is evaporating before it gets to me. <laughs> and when he comes back, I'm standing there completely dry, yeah. and he realizes, oh, man, it, we were just missing. So we, we can talk more about that in the next segment. Yeah, um, no, and I, I, I love seeing those. You know, I love hearing those kinds of stories because there's it all it, it happens so many times where uh you know we, we we see something and we're like I'm, I'm pretty sure this is it and and somebody's like nah that can't be it but it's always fun so we're we're going to come back for another segment here of the zamzo's garden show i'm your host nolan guthrie i'm with joss zamzo today we're doing a pre-recorded show we're talking about watering and how you can get better at it over the next uh, over the season so please stay tuned we're going to be coming back for another segment here on kboi the Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, I'm Josh Zamzo here with my sister Callie. And Callie, when it comes to Humagreen, you're more the scientist, and I'm the competitive homeowner who wants his lawn to be greener than the guys next door. Joss, you want your lawn to be the greenest one in the entire neighborhood. Well, that's probably true, but when you apply Zamzo's Humagreen, it always is. That's because of the science Dad built into Humagreen when he invented it. Like how Humagreen nourishes the soil to feed and stimulate the microbes. Now that's science. True story, but what I love is looking out my window and seeing that deep, dark green color. For the record, I too love how my lawn looks with Zamzo's Humagreen. I've got a lush green lawn in the heat of summer without excessive growth. That's because Humagreen's not a fertilizer. It's a unique, biologically correct product that enhances the soil. Through science, Joss. All to produce a lawn that's greener than your neighbor's. Unless he's using Humagreen on his lawn, too. <laughs> well, in that case, everyone wins. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. And we are back with part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is a pre-recorded show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm today uh, here today with Joss Zamzo uh, of the Zamzo family. Uh, you know, it's easy to tell that you're with the family because your name <laughs> is right, the same. Right, right. <laughs> I was uh, asking Callie, uh, do you ever say, do you ever say, hi, I'm Joss Zamzo's? <laughs> do you ever do that? No, I never, I never <laughs> accidentally put an S on it. I never accidentally, I get called Joe and a lot of other things, but I don't. Uh... <laughs> okay. Well, we got some serious stuff to talk about today. We're talking about watering. Before the break, we were talking about uh, a, a, a really fun story that Joss had about uh, when they were trying to fix the Hawk Stadium lawn and how you know your dad uh, had you lay down in the grass and had him turn the sprinklers on, which is a, a risky proposition. Like that's you know, it's yeah. like you know you feel like oh my gosh I'm gonna get soaked and, and my dad's gonna have a good laugh. But you know they did it and you were bone dry and didn't nothing happen. So there's a lot of instances like that in where you'll know you'll see that in the lawn. And uh, there's you'll you'll notice a lot of times it's along the edges of the lawn. You'll see that happen a lot of times. I like to say when you're watering your lawn, uh, you want it to overlap a little bit. You actually should see just a little bit of water hitting the sidewalk. Uh, and sometimes it's, it has to do with the soil that's underneath there, especially on a sidewalk or if it's right up next to a road, you might have some road mix that's uh, causing it to drain a little bit more. Uh, lots of different situations like that. And I think uh, what I tend to do uh, with, uh, with these is uh, I always have a, a really 
uh, sophisticated little device that I bring with me whenever I do a long call, and it's called a really long screwdriver. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and I've found that to be the like honestly, it's the most important tool. Like I don't when I go to long calls, I don't bring anything else. Like that's the only thing I do uh, because I can tell a lot from just how easy it is to push a screwdriver into your into your lawn, and it it, it just tells you a lot of things. If I can push that screwdriver all the way up to the handle, then I know there's definitely enough water. Now we got to figure out if it's too much water. But if I can't push that screwdriver in, then I know you don't have enough water. I, I think it's also, uh, you know, another uh, secret weapon in the lawn call uh, repertoire is a shovel. Hey, right. uh, you know, people sometimes are afraid to to take a shovel and cut down yeah. and pull that sod back and look underneath at the at the dirt. We've, right. Over the years, uh, you know, you, people don't they're worried, you know, if I cut uh, on three sides and kind of lay that back. Most of the time you can you can look at the soil underneath and then flop it right, right. back over and it never even turns brown around yeah, the edges. Right. So so that's a great way to know what's under there because that road mix, uh, that hyper drainage scenario is a real common problem. We've had them even at, at my house when I was a kid, we had one spot that just the, the, the grass did not do well and, and dad thought it might be a hyper drainage scenario. And so he decided he was gonna cut a section out of the turf and look mm -hmm. and when he jumped up on the shovel about two inches down he hit a sidewalk <laughs> so we were on the bench and we again i mentioned we had flood irrigating so yeah. over the the many uh, 40 years or whatever this yeah. house had been there the the grass and the dirt had covered up the old sidewalk yeah the rest of it had been removed but there was like a three by three chunk of sidewalk so and that's why that grass wouldn't do well yeah so we had to get that out of there but you would learn even if it was road mix or an old sidewalk or, right. or a piece of wood or any number of things that could be under there don't be afraid to cut a chunk out and pull it back and look yeah. and see what's there yeah that's i think that's very empowering just to think you're not going to ruin it you know right. you're going to be able to we're, we're, we're in the process of fixing it and that's totally fine so let's get into some of the things that you want uh like just the how we, how should we be watering our lawn i like to think about i i talk about it constantly uh it, watering is a moving target it's not one that you i i don't feel like there's a set it and forget it option when it comes to watering um you know, maybe if you have if you're dragging hoses you're going to set it down and forget about it for an hour and come back but if you've got like a sprinkler clock uh something you know a programmed clock uh, you're gonna. It's gonna be something you change on a consistent basis. There are times during the year where I'll probably change my settings on my sprinkler clock two or three times during the week because I just see things that are, that are happening. You know, this spot needs a little bit more. This spot needs a little bit less. And and you start to kind of start to dial it in. And I think that's kind of the mindset you want to be in when you're thinking about watering. Is not one time it's going to be a consistent thing and out after after some time you're going to start to get that pattern and how to change it and when to change it and what to do so let's just start with that every day right why why would somebody be watering every day i typically see it in a certain situation but i want to hear you know kind of what you you how you see that happening right well the only scenarios that i that 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 would work would be a if you had brand new seed yeah 
So you have brand new grass seedlings and they have a very small root and they, you know, they just don't have access to deeper ground. The other one is when you're trying to get your new sod right. uh, to get established yeah. and you got to, they don't have any roots established. And the third one might be if you're in pure sand right down on the river, mm-hmm. you're in sand that's on top of river rock right. and, uh, and the ground just won't hold water. That would be the other one. But those are really the only scenarios. And I would add to, to your discussion about being flexible, air on the side of too dry. Yeah. And people, they think that uh, that that's uh, the worst of the two options. If in doubt, water too much. And I, what I'm saying to people is, if in doubt, water not enough. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to find that the grass, uh, w- w- the most common thing people do is they come in with dry spots or brown spots. It's almost never water. Right. It's almost always a bill bug or a chinch bug or ascochita leaf blight or something else that's uh, that's the the underlying cause of that brown grass because when grass gets thirsty, it actually wilts. Mm-hmm. It looks a little bit wilted and it gets a little bit of a slaty blue color to right. it. It will tell you when it's thirsty. Yeah, and we want that, Nolan. We're trying to get to a point where we wilt our grass a little bit because that slight little bit of drought stress will actually encourage the roots of the grass to go down. Right. Looking for more water, which if they will go down, remember we mentioned in the soil, this heavy clay will hold water down deeper. And so if we water less frequently, but for a longer amount of time, the water will be down. And as the grass starts to get a little bit drought stressed, the roots will go down to find it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in, in, in a lot of people have a hard time getting to that point where they think I have to water and you might have to water a lot every day or even a little bit every day initially because you've been doing it for so long but the point is you want to start changing you got to start changing a little bit every day and kind of condition your lawn to get to that point because the types of grass we grow here are cool season grasses and they have a very deep extensive root system they want to grow down into the soil i think perennial ryegrass can have roots going down two feet into the soil same with uh creeping red fescue two to three feet these are grasses that are designed to drink from a deep uh level of the soil and go for a long time without a lot of water so they're they're actually designed for that more than they are for too much these aren't the types of grasses that really want to be wet all the time they want to dry out i'm going to recommend that people water one time per week in the spring twice during the summer oh so if you want to okay. know what i'm talking about stay tuned all we'll right get back this is to a you. big claim from joss Zamzo. come back to the last segment here of the Zamzo's guard show this is a pre-recorded show we're going to come back we're going to figure out what joss is talking about here on the Zamzo's garden show on kboi the Zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk 670 kboi Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and during this extreme hot weather, your lawn and plants could use a boost. At Samzo's, we have just what you need to make your lawn and plants really thrive. In fact, that's the name of the product, Zamzo's Thrive. You see, Zamzo's Thrive was invented by my dad, Jim Zamzo, to be more than a liquid fertilizer. Thrive improves the soil with natural ingredients that are then stored in the soil for whenever the plants need them. 
And with our exclusive siphon injector, Thrive is easy to apply using your garden hose. Just hook one end up to your faucet and let the magic begin. And while supplies last, you can get the Zamzo siphon injector for free with the purchase of a two and a half gallon container of Thrive or a five gallon bucket of Thrive. So if your lawn, garden, and plants are looking like they could use a boost, apply some Zamzo Thrive using our convenient siphon injector. It's free with the purchase of two and a half gallons or more of Thrive, but only for a limited time at all 13 Zamzos. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Start your weekday live and local with Casper and Chris, 6 to 10. There is not going to be 100% of the United States businesses or colleges who will mandate and your weekday live and local with Nate Shellman. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 7. Well, this is all a political hit. So the worse they can make it, the better it helps them to try to influence my campaign for lieutenant governor. More live and local shows than anyone else. On News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. Today with me is Joss Samzo. This is a pre-recorded show. We are talking about watering. And before uh, we went into this break, Joss had a pretty, uh, what would seem like an outrageous claim that you can get by with watering your lawn just one time a week. And that goes contrary to what we hear all the time. People think you got to water this, 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 this. Uh, but Joss, uh, let, get... Tell me how how is this possible? What do you tell me what you're going to do? All right. Well, remember earlier in the store sto- uh, show, we kind of tickled this concept that it wasn't about the number of times; it's yeah. about the amount of water, and we're talking about inches of water that you put down on the ground per week. Right. And and even back to the old sprinkler, the old uh, flood irrigating concept, or or dragging the hoses when when you water really deep and then not as frequently, just because that was. That was the the best way. The ground surface dries out. We're pushing the water deep, which the roots will chase. Yeah. And then the roots will actually, there's actually water that will stay down there without evaporating. Yeah. We get more value for less. Yeah. I always think of it as like a sponge. You, the, the deeper you can soak the sponge, the more water you're actually getting because it's coming you've got a bigger volume that you're working with right and it makes the grass just that much healthier for a longer amount of time and if you take that take that same concept if you water all the time right every single day the roots of the plant will actually curl and come up toward the surface <laughs> yeah. and then you create thatch and all kinds of things and it's one of the the when you know a lot of times when we talk about thatch people are saying well you know it's it's compacted soil or some other things sometimes it's again watering improperly because the roots stay shallow because the water never goes deep. Right. It's bone dry down there four inches, so the roots stay shallow, which adds to a thatch problem. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's do this. Um, it's going to be we're going to be having our sprinklers getting turned on here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, what's the first thing you're going to do for your lawn watering schedule? How are you going to do it? What's the first thing you're going to do? once your sprinklers get turned on here in just a few weeks. So I always go through stage by stage. I go in, I turn on the sprinkler system. There's usually a box for right. pressurized irrigation or, or whatever. There's a box where you turn the water on. And once the water is going, uh, you, you test each station. 
to make sure that nothing got broken in the middle right. of the winter, that they, you know, there wasn't a pipe that broke or somebody hit one with a lawnmower or, or uh, trick-or-treaters broke something. <laughs> and so you fix any of those type of things and make sure you're getting even coverage right. and then turn that thing off. Yeah. We don't need a sprinkler system in Idaho in April. We yeah. just don't. Right, because we've got rain, we've got dew, we've got frost. Those sorts of things contribute to the little amount of water that the grass needs that time of year. And the demand on the grass is such that it's still cool. It doesn't need to transpire a lot of water. So we don't need that much for it at that time. So, okay, that's how we're going to start our spring. Now we get into, we start to get to May, we start to get to June. What are you starting to look for before you turn that sprinkler on? So I'm looking for that grass to begin to look a little wilty. Yeah, uh, and so when I, yeah, and when we mentioned it can get a silvery or a slaty color, and it starts mm-hmm. to look uh, wilty. And if you go over, the ground is bone dry. You can see the ground is dry and it's wilty. The beauty is, if you put water on grass that's thirsty within four or five hours, it has come back a hundred percent, and you will know that's exactly what it was. Right. If it stays brown. You can say, oh, yeah, that's not water. Right. That's because typically what customers would do is, well, I'm going to add an extra day or three days or start watering every single day. Right. Uh, and then by the time they come into us, we've got a problem. We have to use a chemical solution. Right. So I'm going to put my water on when I start to see that slaty blue and I'm going to pick one day. Yeah. And I probably at the very beginning stages, I might water for 30 minutes per station. Yeah. Uh, for mine, but how much water do you put out per uh, per 15 minutes or, or 30 minutes is really important here. And in the past, I've probably told a thousand customers, <laughs> what you need to do is get yeah, a straight-sided yeah, yeah. can like a tuna can, right. and you go out and you put it in. Uh, and I realized this last fall how crazy that was. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> no customers were leaving Zamzos and going home and making a tuna sandwich. Or the ones that did, they only had one tuna sandwich, right. so they'd put the one can out. Yeah. And, and then you would measure how many inches of water in the tuna fish can. Uh, so, so this year what we've created, and they'll be ready within uh, the next week or 10 days, what we're calling a water audit kit. Yeah. And the water audit kit will include four little water gauges, and they have a spike on the bottom. You place these in, for example, space them around in zone one, and you're going to turn the sprinkler on for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then when the 15 minutes is up, you go out and you pour all four of the cups together and you see how what it actually has an inch measure on there. Uh, and, and we're going to start for in the beginning of the season, we're going to put down one inch of water per week in one application. Right. And if the grass at the end of the week, let's say we get towards Mother's Day or Memorial Day, if it starts to look silvery, or wilty, instead of adding a second day, we're going to go to 45 minutes mm-hmm. once. Right. And through that spring, by keeping the surface dry and watering deep, the roots are going to follow. Mm. Uh, the, the one exception to this rule is sometimes in Idaho we get 100 degrees with a 10-knot wind and a 10% humidity. And it seems to last forever. <laughs> right. And when that happens, we could go twice. Yeah. But we're going to pull it back. So if we were doing 45 minutes or an hour, one time per week, and we still can't get to the to the next session without it wilting hard, then we're going to go to two, but we're going to 
we're going to uh, pull it back. Just pull a it back bit. slightly. So if we were doing 45 minutes, maybe we would do uh, uh, 45 minutes twice, mm-hmm. spaced like four days apart. Yeah. And watch and see what happens. Uh, it may also be, again, if you're down on the river and you're in pure sand, you're going to have to probably right. water more than that. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, so those isolated cases. But for 90% of this valley, we're going to do two in the hottest part of the summer. Maybe if it's 110, we would do three, but never more yeah. than three. We're going to do long and we're going to let that ground dry out. Right. And I think uh, for a lot of people hearing that, they're going to be, there's no way. And I think what the, the biggest thing here is you've got to, you've got to, it, it will work. You've got to start doing it though. Right. You can't do it just halfway. You've got to start doing it. And this year is a great year to start because you're starting fresh. You're going to, you're waiting for your sprinklers to turn on and you can start doing it now. And with that and proper fertilization, you're going to be able to start to, get the grass to go that direction and do these things and you'll condition it so that in the long term you're going to use way less water you're going to use way less chemical bug and disease controls you're going to have fewer weeds because the grass is just going to be healthier it's going to do better and in the long term it's going to be better for everybody now all these directions are going to be in the water audit kit yeah so when we get close and we don't need them yet the water's not on but when the water come by the time april 15th is here and the water's on we're going to have water audit kits you can do water audits two or three or four times during the season and just monitor your system to, to figure out where we're at uh, and all the directions are going to be in the kit itself. So you don't have yeah. to go back and, and re-listen to this radio program to understand <laughs> yeah, how to that's, do it. That's awesome. It's going to be a great resource for everybody this year. I, Joss, I appreciate you coming in and doing this pre-recorded show with me. It's one I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm glad you were here to do that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you soon here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and let me ask you a question. How does your lawn look? Well, if the answer is not so good, my second question is, have you applied your Humagreen yet? Lots of people have, and as a result have a lush green lawn that uses less water that's not growing excessively. If that's what you want, stop by any Zamzos and pick up a bag or two of Humagreen. One 50-pound bag is the equivalent of adding 2,000 pounds of compost. Plus, Humagreen also adds iron and vital trace elements, which are missing from our high desert soils, and rich dark humus that increases your lawn's water holding capacity thereby saving you money. Now you may be asking, if Zamzo's Humagreen's that great for your lawn, can you add it to your garden or use it when planting? The answer is yes. In fact, one of our managers uses it at regular rate as a top dressing when planting new lawns. The bottom line is apply some Zamzo's Humagreen now. It's guaranteed to work or we'll give you your money back. This is Jim Zamzo, and you have my word on it. Thank you.